Can you see the character, what it looks like, what Craig looks like? Uh, a little bear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at his eyes. He's so weird looking. Look at his fucking eyes. Yep. He looks like Craig. Craig has seen some shit. What has Craig seen? Uh, Craig has seen the horrors of a million wars. And he just <laughs> it really does. It really does. I'm going to post a picture of what Craig Craig looks like. Craig is our... Um, it's, actually, it, it, it's actually a recording bot. It is called Craig. Um, so if you guys ever decide to do a podcast in the future or whatever, uh, you can because it's just Craig... The Discord Craig. recording. Or if you just want to record Discord conversations with your friends. Um yeah, Craig is a is a Discord bot that records conversations. Craig's the records. homie. Yeah, it's for people who do like like I said, Discord streams, even if you're recording like your actual streams or anything like that. But yeah, Craig looks like he's seen some shit. Here's a photo of Craig. Like I said, seeing some shit. And here's to the beginning! Oh, <laughs> Why, Johnny Ringo. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I know exactly what I'm doing, and I can change it at any time. I'm your Huckleberry. And I'm loose and running, came the whisper from each lip, and he's here to do some business with Incoming the Rambling Podcast, with your hosts, Conway Titty and Stoney Robbins. Howdy, hey cowpokes, welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Podcast. I'm your host, Stoney Robbins. And I'm your host, Conway Titty. And we're back with another installment, episode 19 Every time we do this, I'm actually genuinely shocked that we are getting this far. And actually, right. like, wow, we're like, we're getting up there. We're doing Slo it. Slowly but surely, we're doing it. Um, but last week, we talked about our little first uh, Valentine's Day, uh, me and Sony experience together. Um, and how chaotic that was. So if you want to take a listen to that. Um, Episode do it now. 18, go ahead and do it now and have a little giggles with us. Um, kind of on the same theme, I'm sure you guys are listening to this after Valentine's Day, which is fine and dandy because you, you can listen to us whenever you feel like it. Um, but I wanted to do another informational uh, episode for you guys. If you guys listen to our fetish episodes or our pornography episodes, um, those are more intellectual episodes where we talk basically about facts and uh, origins, histories, just just lots of things. So knowledge, <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> so this episode, I wanted to talk about um, Valentine's Day, um, the day of love, specifically um, the history and origins of Valentine's Day. Because I'm sure a lot of you may not know because it's not really taught in schools. Um, it's kind of just taught as it's a love day. That's it. Um, but it, it's a lot more uh, in-depth than most people realize. And I thought it would be 
fun. And there's some interesting giggle uh, places and just weird things um, that I learned while making this. So this is also another scripted uh, episode that I pre-wrote to make sure that uh, we kind of stay in a flow and it sounds good and not stupid. Um, but uh, we also have sources too. Um, so today's sources... Uh, multiple of it was from the History Channel and NPR. So that's pretty much where we got most of the information. Uh, the History Network channel, what, not technically just the channel, but the History Network in general, um, has so many articles written about Valentine's Day, symbolism with it, the myths, the legends of it. Um, NPR has some good articles as well, uh, talking about different eras of uh, Valentine's Day. Um, and all that shit. So I figured, why not accumulate it together so you guys can just plug in your AirPods or crank up your stereos in your cars or wear, turn up your TVs if you're watching um, and just kind of sit back and enjoy some weird facts. I almost said weird history, but I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say that. If you guys don't know, Weird History is an amazing YouTube channel. Uh, absolutely obsessed with it. It's one of Sony and I's favorite YouTube channels is Weird History. They're fucking great. Uh, but yeah, they say sit back and relax and let's get a chance of this weird history. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we, can, we can get started with this. Stony, are you ready to do some learning? I'm ready. Everyone got your thinking caps on turn them on crank your ears up and get ready for the day of love Ouch. Bow, bow. Uh, speaking of of love uh i currently have just rewatched all of rock of love i'm working on daisy of love and i did rewatch uh flavor of love um Great, great hold, reality. Hold for applause. Great reality TV shows from the early, mid, and late 2000s. Um, highly recommend rewatching them on Hulu because they are all available there, and I've been forcing Stony to watch them with me. Yep. But what a better way to celebrate, right? Watching some of love shows while we talk yeah. about the day of love. <laughs> he fucking hates it. Oh my god. But damn, do we. Uh, did we shit on the goddamn outfits and what the people look like? That's the best part. That's the absolute best part of those shows. Is the yeah. style. A hundred percent. It's so... Very cringy. Ed Hardy affliction everywhere. <laughs> oh, Okay. Back to our day of love. Like I said earlier, um, the sources are the History Network and NPR. If you want to do that, you can literally just Google Valentine's Day History Channel or Valentine's Day NPR, and you'll hear some articles, um, be able to read those, and learn more. If you feel like really doing massive amounts of research, uh, feel free to do that. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> Uh, so this first part, I kind of wanted to start with the origin of Valentine's Day. Um, like I said, not a lot of us don't really know where it comes from. It's kind of just like this random holiday that we're told growing up, basically, that it's like, oh, that's a love day. 
that's where you like show someone you love them so much or you're forever single you know what i mean yeah that's that's traditionally all it's really led to do you feel as a human like are you pro valentine's day or are you an anti-valentine's day i think i think valentine's day is pretty stupid i mean it's it's something that started out a way different than what it is now because now it's just a capitalist holiday yeah for sure I i'm very much so anti-valentine so that way too. big candy can push their agenda on us big candy okay you liberal <laughs> um no uh but yeah i i am also very much a anti uh valentine's day i don't really think i i mean i'm in the same boat as like i don't really believe that you should have a day that's told you that you should be making it super romantic or super nice or super in love or you know what i mean i don't yeah. think it should be based on one single day a year because like your birthday is different christmas holidays like that are different halloween's different um there's multiple other holidays around the world that are like celebrated because they're holidays right and i feel like valentine's day is celebrated just because of love and it doesn't make any sense because love is all year round yeah, I mean, people can argue the same that like you know Halloween's all year round and and all this stuff, but I meant in the sense of like Halloween's really fun. There's a lot of things that go along with Halloween. Correct. Same with like the winter holidays, the winter solstice, and the celebration of that, and Christmas, and Hanukkah, and Kwanzaa, and all that. That's celebrated with a purpose. Saint Pat Patty's Day is also celebrated with a purpose. You know, you have any yeah, of the in holidays. You have any of the other independence days for countries. They're celebrated with a purpose. Um, and I feel like with Valentine's Day, it doesn't make sense that the purpose is love. Because like I said, love is should be every day. You shouldn't have to have your crappy boyfriend give you a dollar box of chocolates and some dying flowers on Valentine's Day when he doesn't do anything else for you the rest of the year. You know what I mean? Sure. Have you had any really shitty Valentine's Days where you're like, especially uh, as a partner, being like, man, I really didn't even want to. Didn't want to even do that. Yeah. Like, it's like expected. Uh, I mean, it depends, really. Some I don't really have any like horrible Valentine's Day stories or anything. Um Mainly I mean, like, did you feel off. like it was expected? Like, you're like, okay, I gotta do something. I mean, I feel like that. I felt a lot like that whenever I was growing up more so than I do now. Um, yeah, I feel like especially as like a, a as a preteen or a teenager. Yeah, like high school or a lot of like pressure on it. In college, I felt like it was like just one of those things. Like you, you got to do something for Valentine's Day. You got to do something for Easter, and you know all those all those other holidays. Or you're seeing like kids at school granted because like when you're a lot younger in school like everyone passes everyone something you know like i feel like when you're in like elementary school and like early middle school it's more about hey the candy you can get and the like cards you can pass to your friends that are like exactly. it's mandatory in a sense that, like everyone gets something 
And it's yes. more about like the goodies than it is about love. A holiday, yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't start being about love until you know older. Whenever you start like dating, yeah. And... and then you see the balloons everywhere. You see the giant bears and stuffed animals everywhere. Oh my god! You know, like the giant, uh, nine foot stuffed bears. Yeah. That are like a thousand dollars. Yeah, I know. Insane. What you're about. Yeah, and like these people spending thousands of dollars on bouquet of uh, flowers and like good for the floral industry because it's needed and support small businesses and people that can do that um i think that's important and it's really good for their business but i think it's like absolutely insane that for me i'm not high maintenance with pretty much anything i'm sure stoney will laugh when i say that but i really am not um but i couldn't imagine demanding you that I needed like four bouquets of red roses or a certain color rose. And I needed to like spell out my name and I need these balloons everywhere. And I need this giant stuffed animal. Like I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine putting that pressure on you. Right. I, I just don't think that doesn't make sense. And that like, to me, it just doesn't, it's just not about, like I said, I feel like the holiday is so weird. Cause it's like, it shouldn't be, like I said, it shouldn't be for one day only. Yeah. It should, it should be every day or every other day or like I get like anniversaries are important and things like that, you know, like that's important. But I don't feel like you should have to go all out to prove to somebody, you know, yeah. hey, here's my love for you. I bought all this really cheesy stuff at the store or I spent a fortune to get you something nice on a day where there's where it's like it seems like it's competition at this point too. Cause it's like people celebrate their anniversaries and they do that for themselves. But I feel like during Valentine's day, there's also the competition to like who got the better gifts, who got oh, yeah, most this, I mean, who's it, posting about who. And I just, I think it's weird. Yeah. And that just kind of comes back to, you know, how social media has really changed how we do literally anything. Cause everything's about like, Oh, what can I post? What looks good on social media? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just, it really is a popularity contest at the end of the day anymore. Yeah. And I've never had good, I've never had a good Valentine's Day till I've been with you. Like, all my Valentine's Days were either spent alone, spent with friends, or spent arguing with whoever person I was with at the time because they were cheating on me, or I found out some dirty secrets from them, or, you know what I mean? Like, it was never, it was, I've had more horrible Valentine's Days than I've had good, but right. I think my opinions swayed on the anti-Valentine's Day, but I think I've always felt that way. I mean, like, growing up, my mom always made sure that we had, like, little goodie baskets, kind of like what I talked about, where, like, in elementary school, middle school, you really, like, share cards with people. You really yeah. share candy with people, and, like, you would take the time to, like, make your little box. You know what I mean? I felt, I think kids still do that in, in school now, um, where they make a little shoebox, and you cut a little hole in it, and that's where people yeah, it's where cards you in there. Cards, right? Yeah, and then at the, and then like it's a little party. It's it's a fun little candy party. It's almost like Halloween. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and other than that, I've never really had anything romantic or fun or anything until I've been with you. Um, and we talked about that uh, last episode. Um, but yeah, it it's just a very confusing holiday, and I don't feel like just. Before we get all into this, don't feel the pressure of feeling like you have to do something or that it's expected 
or that it has to be perfect or romantic or the person's not going to know they love me. Like, you don't got to do it on the 14th. You can do it any day you want to. It doesn't have to be February 14th. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm also saying you don't got to do shit either. You don't got to ever do anything. Yep. It's, it's not mandatory. Do, you do whatever you feel like doing when you feel like doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So with all of that, it does... It is quite confusing that, like, what's the fucking origin of it? Why do we do it? Why do we celebrate it? Like, Valentine's Day occurs every February 14th. And for some reason, that's the date, February 14th. And across the United States and in other places around the world, the candies, the flowers, and the gifts are exchanged between loved ones, all in the name of St. Valentine. So who is this St. Valentine? Why do we have all these traditions why is it considered the day of love and what makes this all special why is this so special well why is it exactly um before we get into ah. any of the questions uh you gotta know the origins of this candy and cupid filled holiday it might not be all hearts and kisses but it's actually a dark bloody past the history of the holiday and the story of the patron saint is a shrouded in mystery. Though no one has pinpointed the exact origin of the holiday, one place it starts is in ancient Rome. The Romans. In Romans, it always begins with Rome, does it not? Yeah. Always. I've been to Rome. It's quite beautiful. I can't wait to take Stony one day. <laughs> so we do know that February has long been celebrated as a month-long romance. It's not even one day anymore it's amped up to an entire month dedicated to this thing we call love and that's saint valentine's day as technically we know it valentine's day um it contains both both vestige of both christian and ancient roman tradition however the roman celebrations were quite violent like extremely Violet. But like I said, it goes back to the Romans. It always goes back to the Roman times. Yes, we talked does. about we talked about this when we were talking about the history of porn. Um and the first people we talked about was I mean like cave drawings. But yep. the first like actual society was Rome. Romans doing crazy shit with sex. <laughs> when is it not? It's exactly, exactly. The Romans, from February 13th to February 15th, the Romans celebrated the Feast of Lupercalia. Lupercalia was a fertility festival dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture, which is also where we get the word fauna from, from flora and fauna, as well to the Roman founders Romulus and Remus. To begin the festival, members of the Luperci, or Luperci, an order of Roman priests would gather around at a sacred cave where the infants Romulus and Remus, the founders of Rome, were believed to have been cared for by a she-wolf or lupa. The men sacrificed a goat for fertility and a dog for purification. They would then strip the goat's hide into strips, dip them into the sacrificial blood, and take it to the streets, gently slapping both women and crop fields with the goat hide. What? Yeah. They would just, like, slap some blood on them and slap it on the crops because it was believed that it would make them, uh, the women more fertile and the ground would have a lot more yield when it came time for harvest. 
Young women would line up for the men to hit them. The Romans believed this would make the woman more fertile. This brutal feat included a matchmaking lottery in which young men drew the names of women from a jar. The couple would be coupled up for the duration of the festival or longer. Coupled. Yeah, I don't know why you put coupled. Um, no, no, that's that's what the meaning is. Is like, so what would happen is they would basically mark them with the blood to show that they were fertile, and then they'd be coupled up, which would mean they'd be paired up to have sex. The Romans were not romanticized, but rather just naked. The ancient Romans may also be responsible for the name of our modern day of love. Emperor Claudius II executed two men, both named Valentine, on February 14th of different years in the 3rd century. Their martyrdom was honored by the Catholic Church with the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. As the holiday spread across the countries, it has evolved. Pope Galatius the first muddled things in the first in the fifth century, sorry, in the fifth century by combining St. Valentine's Day with the Lupercalia to expel the pagan rituals. The day was more about putting your clothes back on, but very much still about getting drunk and women's fertility. So the church basically came in and said, You guys are filthy heathens. Correct. We must basically what they did with every uh basically what what the church did with every holiday. Every let's be pagan real. holiday, yeah. They let's be real. The winter they, solstice turned into Christmas. Yeah, they basically just took the holiday of the pagan ritual, give it a fancy new Catholic name, and then bing bang boom. Got, got rid of all the good shit and you got yourself boring. a Christian holiday in their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Got rid of all the, the good shit and placed it with boring shit. So when it became St. Valentine's Day, um, like like Sony said, it took away all the pagan rituals. So they weren't using goat's blood and dog's blood for the ceremony parts. They weren't whipping the women. There was nothing like that. It was basically just honoring. You went to church. You did some things. You got drunk. But it was more about honoring the women instead of like whipping them and making sure they were covered in blood to make sure it got soaked up to you, you know like but yeah the church very much went from something that was rated r to like pg-13 fight it you know what i mean right so the catholic church recognizes at least three different saints named valentine or valentinus all of whom were martyred Officially recognized by the Roman Catholic Church, St. Valentine is known to be a real person who died around 270 AD. However, his true identity was questioned as early as 496 AD by Pope Gelasius I, who referred to the martyr and his acts as being known only to God. One account from the 1400s described Valentine as a temple priest who was beheaded near Rome by the Emperor Claudius II for helping Christian couples wed. A different account claims Valentine was a bishop of tyranny, also martyred by Claudius II, on the outskirts of Rome. Because of the similarities of these accounts, it's thought that they, mo they may refer to basically the same person. 
Enough confusion surrounds the true identity of St. Valentine that the Catholic Church basically discontinued any uh, variation of him um, in literature in the 19 or 1969. Though his name remains on its list of officially recognized saints, which is also odd. According to one legend, an imprisoned Valentine actually sent the first Valentine greeting after he fell in love with a young girl who was possibly the jailer's daughter, who basically visited him during his time, um, his confinement at the uh, prison. Before his death, it is alleged that he wrote her a letter and signed, From Your Valentine, an expression that is still in use today. Although the truth behind the Valentine legend is, is still murky, the stories all emphasize his appeal as a symphematic, heroic, and most importantly, a romantic figure. The saint we celebrate on Valentine's Day is known officially as Saint Valentine of Rome. In order to differentiate him from the dozens or so of other Valentines on the list, because Valentinus comes from the Latin word for worthy, strong, and powerful. It was a popular moniker between the 2nd and 8th centuries AD, and several martyrs over the centuries have carried this name. The official Roman Catholic roster of saints shows about a dozen who were named Valentine, or some variation uh, of that. So Valentine is a patron saint of beekeepers and epilepsy, uh, among many other things. Saints are certainly expected to keep busy in their afterlife. I love that is so right. Fun fact. Beekeepers and epilepsy. What a combo. Yep. Fun fact of the day, guys. So the saints are certainly expected to keep busy uh, in the afterlife, which is why most of the time they're given jobs or things to look over, which is why Valentine is technically saint of beekeepers and epilepsy. Their holy duties include interceding in earthly affairs and entertaining petitions from living souls. In this respect, St. Valentine's has a wide-ranging spiritual responsibilities, such as beekeeping <laughs> and caring for epileptic patients. <laughs> Apparently so. People call on him to watch over the lives of lovers, of course, but also for interventions regarding beekeeping and epilepsy as epilepsy. well. Epilepsy. <laughs> epilepsy. <laughs> oh my god. So Epilepsy. Not only do they call on him for the lives of lovers, the interventions during beekeeping and epilepsy. It's also they call on St. Valentine's during the plague, fanting, and traveling. The plague? The plague. <laughs> Bilbo's! The plague. <laughs> so I would assume during the Black Death, um, tons of people were calling on St. Valentine. But fainting and. Save me from this epilepsy. So, fun fact beekeeping, epilepsy, the plague, fainting, and traveling. Fun fact of the day, folks. I bet you didn't know that. What a list. We didn't learn that in schools. Did you learn that? Nope. Well, there you go. Now you know something new. So as you might expect, he's also the patron saint of engaged couples and happily or happy marriages, technically. While some believe that Valentine's Day is celebrated in the middle of February to commemorate the anniversary of Valentine's death or technically burial... Uh, which probably occurred around 270 AD, so you know that shit gets a little fuzzy when trying to figure out the exact dates. Others claim that the Christian church may have decided to place St. Valentine's Day's feast in the middle of February in an effort to Christianize the pagan celebration of Lupercalia. Lep 
Luper, it was Lupercalia. Yeah, Lupercalia. It was not until much later, however, that the day become definitely associated with love. So everything in the Roman times, it's well before AD. You're still not even like, we're a proper society, but not a proper society. You know what I mean? Churches and religions are still taking over. Everything's still crazy. Um, and it's still not really about love. Um, it's mainly just kind of about the saint. Not really a whole focus on romanticizing it or falling in love with it or anything. And it wasn't uh, until the Middle Ages did that start occurring. By the Middle Ages, perhaps thanks to the reputation, Valentine would become one of the most popular saints in England and in France. Around the same time, the Normans celebrated Galantin's Day. Galatin means lover of women. That was likely confused with St. Valentine's Day at some point, in part because they sound alike. Which honestly, Galentine's Day is always a way better option, especially if you don't have a significant other to appreciate the annoying day with. The English poet Geoffrey Chaucer was the first to record St. Valentine's Day as a day of romantic celebration in his, in his 1375 poem, Parliament of Follies. By the 1400s, nobles inspired by Chaucer had, become, had begun writing poems known as Valentines to their love interests. It was only at this point that stories began to appear linking St. Valentine to romance. As the years went on, the holidays grew sweeter. Chaucer and Shakespeare romanticized it in their work, and it gained popularity throughout Britain and the rest of Europe. Isn't that crazy that that's the only reason Valentine's Day is a love day? Yeah, because someone if, was like, let's romanticize this. Because the writers of fucking the 1400s... 1300s, technically. 1375. Late 1300s, early 1400s. Because of that, that's the only reason we have the holiday we have today. Correct. Otherwise, it would still be a super religious Catholic. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's insane. But, like, okay, oh, side note. When I went to London, and I went, or I was in London, I was in, I was in England, I got to go to Shakespeare's house and like the town that he's from and like the house that he lived in and wrote a lot of his shit in. Um, absolutely insane. Like genuinely mind blowing because it's fucking middle ages and that's still up in the same. It was, it was literally like time traveling. It was so weird to see that and think, holy fuck, America wasn't even technically its own country yet. There was plenty of people who were there before. Um, Right. But to think that, like, they had this society, and even thinking, like, you know, going and visiting uh, Rome, even just being like the amount, like, when I was visiting the Colosseum in Rome, I was sitting there looking at it going, people were fighting fucking lions in this shit and elephants, and like, yep. what? Your brain cannot wrap around how old this is. And to think that the only reason we have Valentine's Day is because of these writers from the fucking middle ages and it's just a casual couple centuries ago what yeah, it's, it's it's insane to think about that it's it's really hard to wrap your brain around like for me anytime going traveling with anything really historical it's fucking mind-blowing but that particularly is like what what they were yeah, writing poems like it. that like, back fucking the crazy. oldest the oldest quote-unquote and i say this liberally um buildings in the u.s 
are only from like the 1600s. Yeah, we're just fucking nuts. Like actual, like put up structures and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's of, nuts. Like stuff. That's nuts. And that's that's crazy to think about. That we're talking about stuff that's significantly older than that. 415 AD and 1400s. Yep. Insane. These popular verses further helped to create a romantic image of Valentine's Day festival during the Middle Ages. Lovers, therefore, began to celebrate Valentine's Day by expressing love to their sweethearts with an exchanging of love notes and simple gifts such as flowers, which that's where we get the thing, you know, you give flowers and you write a cute little note. The first Valentine is said to have been written in 1415 by Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife, where he was imprisoned in the Tower of London following his capture at the Battle of Agnacourt. Where was he imprisoned? The Tower of London. Where was he imprisoned? In the Iron Maiden in the Tower of London. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> Handmade paper cards became the ultimate love token during the Middle Ages. During the Middle Ages, it was l commonly believed in France and England that February 14th was the beginning of the bird's mating season, which added to the idea that the middle of Valentine's Day should be the day for romance. Ooh. Bow, chick, bow, bow. In the Middle Ages, the Feast of St. Valentine was associated not with committed coupledom, but with sexual misbehavior and collective fun. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, hell yeah. People didn't care to the date they just wanted to explore without commitment. Truly Valentine's in the Middle Ages especially in the royal courts, was all about who you could snag, the romance you could have, and maybe even the wild intercourse one could enjoy with another, all while feeling the true love-emotional connection. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. That would have been a whole lot easier to just say one-night stands. I think that's uh, fascinating. So as I was reading, doing this, they had a bunch of um, little side, like, because, you know, when articles are written, they also, like, have little tangents where, oh, you want to read more? Here's more about just a specific area. And I didn't really want to go into, like, a whole tangent of the royal courts, but um, one of the uh, French kings, I think it was King Charles the Sixth, um, elected all females during this time what usually happens with the royal courts is they elect all female uh staff and the female staff judges the males to decide who they're going to go with and then everyone votes on who is paired up kind of like well, how we talked about at the beginning where um they drew the names out of the jar right yeah. Yeah. so instead of drawing the names out of the jar they would all vote on who should be with whoever and they basically treated it like a sexathon. You would just have a nice little, yeah, a sexathon. Text, text in your vote now. Yeah. So everyone would vote, and the women, and it was like the women were allowed to be the ones in charge. So the women voted on who should be coupled up with who. And then they would have a big ball, and they would dance, and they would eat lots of food, and it would be very romantic. And then they would just fuck all around the palace everywhere. Interesting. And then, and then, like they would make it. I, I think that was so beautiful. What was so beautiful about it is they romanticized it so much, even though it technically was like maybe someone they would only sleep with one time. Right. And I feel like that's how Valentine's Day nowadays should be. It is like 
it necessarily doesn't have to be someone you're like absolutely in love with or head over heels with. It could literally just be a date with some stranger, but you make it as romantic and fun as possible. And it's all about just having fun and then go crazy. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> so I really, I really did like that little side thing that I read after doing this was just being like, that's so cool that they all just kind of voted and were like, yeah, whatever, like put them together. And then just being like, okay, we're going to make this as fun and enjoyable. And it's going to be, it's enjoyable for both parties. It's, like I said, just fun. Fun, 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 fun. Misbehavior uh, and fun. Run on a bun. Literally. <laughs> in addition to the United States, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada, Mexico, the UK, France, and Australia. In Great Britain, Valentine's Day began to be popularly celebrated around the 17th century. So we went from Romans taking control of it, the Catholic Church taking control of it. Now the Middle Ages are really making it to where it's the people. The yeah. people took it. The people took it, and then the French are really romanticizing it and making it so beautiful. And um, we get through all of that, and it's kind of the same. Like it's spreading around the world. Everyone has their own. Um, Every country has their own way of celebrating, depending on, you know, the stories, the myths, and the legends, or however the traditions are. So all the way up to the Victorian era is where Valentine's Day starts getting a little bit more intense. Whereas it didn't seem as intense before, in a sense, this is where it gets intense. Um, by the middle of the 18th century, it was common for friends and lovers of all social classes... Oh, oh, total classes. <laughs> Fuck. Ha 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 ha. It's like you're singing a song. Ha 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 ha. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> like that video i like your laugh <laughs> oh my god stop oh no. <laughs> laugh so much the mic doesn't pick it up my side hurts <laughs> well quit laughing like a dude. <laughs> woody woodpecker <laughs> stop ow <laughs> You know what's funny is the fact that I was about to read this again and all I could hear you was going Fuck Oh come on Oh my god Oh my god Just leave that in Just leave this laughing attack in Okay serious <laughs> okay <laughs> stop you're laughing you're trying so hard i know it hurts by the middle of the 18th century it was common for friends and lovers of all social classes to exchange small tokens of affection or handwritten notes and by the 1900s printed cards basically re began to replace letters due to the improvements of in-printing technology. So basically went from everyone handwriting to everything to it being massively produced. 
So ready-made cards were an easy way for people to express their emotions in a time when direct expression of one's feelings was discouraged. Remember, we're in the 1900s now. Cheaper postage rates also contributed to an increase in the popularity of sending Valentine's Day greetings. Americans probably began exchanging handmade Valentines in the early 1700s. But in the 1840s, Esther A. Howland began selling the first mass-produced Valentines in America. Howland, known as the Mother of Valentine, made elaborate creations with real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap, which at the time basically sold for $50. Jeez. I know. Imagine $50, $50 in, for a car. $50 in 1840s. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Now think about the amount of how many she sold. Think about how many nights you could get at a whorehouse for that much. For real, but so basically these big cards that she did, these like lace ribbon cards, the ones that you kind of like, what the, basically are the original Valentine's cards, besides the poems by... uh shakespeare and kowsker chaucer chaucer there you go um besides that this lady was making handmade ones fifty dollars a pop so only in the victorian area it seemed like the the rich people would be having these right so that would just be today's equivalent of like buying something really 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 nice you know what i mean like that's like crazy amount of money to spend on a card yeah, Especially for that that's time. Wild to think about. And then think about see. how much money she made off of that. Oh yeah, especially if you're using actual scraps, like from making other stuff. Oh, you'd make a killing. It's insane. <laughs> it's like country's first Etsy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Victorian era Etsy. Lovers exchanged elaborate lace trimmed cards on Valentine's Day, but also, speaking of lace, the lace was quite expensive. During this yeah. time, it was like all fabric, uh, all the dresses and everything, the umbrellas. Um, everything had lace. Yeah, everything had lace. So I can see that it would probably be more common, but that's still really expensive for a card. Um, and but, fun fact, lace is only as expensive as it is because at the time, they were- It was were, all handmade. Yeah, it was all handmade and all they were embroidered like individual and patterns and stuff. Which is insane. To, like, what we have is, no, what we know as lace is all machine made now. Yeah, that's also nuts. Like I said, I get why it's $50. It does make sense, but you could technically go buy some farm animals for that. Yep. Or some rights at a whorehouse. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, like you could, like $50 could buy you a lot of stuff back then. Yeah. So the lovers would exchange these lace trim cards, which express their undying love and devotion with senti sentiments and poems. So during this time, also. There was a shift in society. The, the Victorian era was really about, um, I don't know what, what, why it was so prevalent during this time, but people loved love. Like they really wanted to be in love, wanted to find love, wanted to show it off. And this is kind of oh. where we shift, where the amount of things that you buy show how much you love a person. Yes. This is very much that, um, which goes by all the Victorian fashion, the houses, the decor. Let me buy you um, a $50 card, a nice dress, an umbrella, and a horse. Yeah, the like lifestyle of the Victorian era was very much luxury, for sure. Yep. 
Um, this is the part of the Victorian era that I love the most, and I wish we did this more. For those that are not on good terms or who wanted to fend off an enemy or an unwanted suitor, Vinegar Valentines offered a stinging alternative. To my Valentine, tis a lemon that I hand you and bid you now skadoo. Because I love another, there is no chance with you. I bid you skadoo. <laughs> Reads one card. So that would be that would be what would be written on these Vinegar Valentines cards. Um, you would send these to people that you were like, leave me alone. Or you, that you fucking hated. Isn't that insane? Isn't that crazy? It's great. I bid you skidoo. Yeah. To my Valentine, tis a lemon that I hand you and bid you now skidoo. Because I love another, there's no chance for you. Ha! Burned! <laughs> yeah, that's fucking great. <clears throat> another depicts a woman dousing an unexpected man with a bucket of water. Here's a cool reception. It warns, telling the old fellow that he best stop away. Basically, it was a lady pouring a bucket of water on the guy if he tried to get near her. And, cool she, that, down, man. and you would mail that to the person you didn't want to be near you. So that's so great. That's so wow. great. Can we bring that back? Although Valentine's Day can be traced to ancient Rome, it's the Victorians who originally put a romantic spin on the holiday. So you had the Middle Ages who gave lo love to the uh, holiday. holiday yeah. But this is where the Victorians really started like bringing it home, basically. Valentine's Day became so popular that postal carriers received special meal allowances to keep themselves running during the frenzy that led up to February 14th. Of the million cards sent, some estimate that nearly half were the vinegar variety. They were curving people left and right. Oh my god, bring it back. Before they were dubbed Vinegar Valentines, these sassy cards were known as mocking or comic valentines. Their tone ranged from a gentle jab to downright aggressiveness. There was an insulting card for just about every person, someone that you might dislike. From annoying salespeople and landlords to overbearing employers and adversaries of all kinds. Cards can be sent to liars and cheats and flirts and alcoholics, <laughs> while some cards mock specific professions. That's, that's genius. Bring it back. We were throwing shade left and right, left and right, left and right. Mailing it to them, and they <laughs> knew I, ma I'm, I sent it. Yeah. They knew who it was from. Genius. Genius. Their grotesque drawings caricatured common stereotypes and insulted a recipient's physical attributes, lack of a marriage partner, or character traits. They were drawing small peepees on these cards. 100%. 100%. Small peepees. For sure, were on this card. Love it. Love it. By the mid-19th century, both Britain and the United States has had a large-scale Valentine production systems in place. Insulting Valentines expanded on traditional Valentines and offered manufacturers an additional source of revenue. Who would have thought that sending your horrible ex a vinegar card would have become so popular during a day of love? Whether your card is full of love or raging with hatred, the Victorian era really knew how to make sure that you knew which side you fell on. There was no, who are we? What is this? Oh yeah, it was like, you're either getting a card or you're not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whether a vinegar card full of hatred or a sweet, flowery card sent with love was arriving in your mailbox. 
A lot of Valentine's Day themed sets came with the same diaper wearing character, Cupid. Cupid is often portrayed on Valentine's Day cards as a naked cherub laughing and launching arrows of love at unsuspecting lovers. Long before the Romans adopted and renamed him, and way before his association with Valentine's Day, Cupid was known to the Greeks as Eros, the handsome god of love. Ooh. <laughs> Armed with a bow and a quiver filled with both golden arrows to arouse desire and leaden arrows to ignite aversion, Eros stuck at the hearts of gods and mortals and played with their emotions. Eros was a bad was a baddie, let's be real. Let's be real. Eros he was, was shooting play, who he wanted play, to fall in play love with. Yeah, he pretty much, pretty much. Gods I mean, and mortals. Yeah, there's stories. I think uh I'm not a hundred percent, but I think that's uh, never mind. Oh, there's a bunch. I left him out. It wasn't until the Hellenistic period that he began to be portrayed as the mischievous chubby child he'd become on Valentine's Day cards. Several important art movements had featured the fa- with the fascination of Cupid. When explored chronologically, they offer a way to trace the figure's evolution, beginning, of course, with Eros. As portrayed in the classic antiquity, Eros first appeared in ancient Greece. Like this red figure bobbin from around 450 BC. In such depictions, Eros is portrayed as a slim adolescent with large set of wings. Aside from these familiar features, he does not have any of the other attributes we have come to come associate with Cupid, including his signature bow and arrow. During the Hellenistic period, an era renowned for its marble sculptures, Eros took on a more youthful appearance, marked by a fuller face and a chubbier physique. During the Middle Ages, Eros became widely known as Cupid. Though he continued to appear as a winged child, he often was rendered with the proportions and features of an adult, an approach that is apparent in many medieval depictions of babies and children. In medieval times, there wasn't really, like I said, babies and childrens. It was like all the babies and childrens literally looked kind of like adults. It's kind of weird. Like they were smaller. But they just had the, like, facial structure. They would have, like, the bodies of a kid, but their facial structure would look full-grown, like a grown man. It's weird. With a renewed interest in classical arts humanism, Renaissance artists represented Cupid as a realistic child. The figure continued to appear younger, culminating in portrayals that look like toddlers and even infants. During the Italian Renaissance, many artists began to include several Cupids in a single painting, Known initially as a Mornarini, these figures eventually evolved into Pudi, cherubic children found in many mythological and even biblical scenes of the period. Um, these are seen in the Sistine Chapel. These are seen in a lot of uh, works in um, the Vatican. Um, a lot of Michelangelo's art was also... Like, anything that was kind of like that... It wasn't just one Cupid. It was a bunch. And that's kind of where you see where people mistake them for angels. It's, uh, like I said, there's a lot of them and they do have the wings and it's the way it's painted. They look like angels, but they're actually just a bunch of Cupids, which are different, by the way. During the Baroque period, artists continued to incorporate several Cupids into their mythology-inspired paintings. Unlike Amornarini and Pudi of the Renaissance, However, the figures painted by the Baroque artists appear playful, emphasizing their youth, and downplaying Cupid's godly role and power. 
So there is a, a shift. The Baroque period was was shortly after the Renaissance and the Italian Renaissance, and there is a giant switch in in art um, here as well. In the Renaissance, the Italian Renaissance, it made it seem like I said Cupid was like an angel, was super soft, and um, lots and lots of them. Um, and then in the Baroque, it was more kind of harsh. It was very harsh um, drawings, sharper edges, uh, more kind of realistic in a sense when it comes to Cupid and not really giving him um, that mytho mythological voice either. It made it to where it was very much just like he's kind of a human, which is also kind of odd um, during this time. This remained popular throughout the neoclassical period, a movement inspired by classical artists' sense of balance and focus on the human figure. Following this period, however, artists abandoned this approach to Cupid, opting instead for more avant-garde interpretations. Avant-garde? Avant-garde. Such as a painted in William Adolf Boguer's Birth of Venus in 1879. Um, this is also where... Um, Cupid is smaller too. There are they're starting to paint him smaller. Um and he's like brushing her hair and he almost looks like the person's baby, which I mean technically he is because birth of Aphrodite, Aphrodite births Cupid in the stories, technically well one of the stories. So it does make sense, but it looks more like a mother and a child versus um a goddess and a god. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Pablo Casso, he also adopted the Cupid motif in his pieces, the Musketeer and Amour. Um, very weird looking. Like all of Pablo Picasso's work is is quite crazy. Um, but specifically in this, because you can't really tell it's Cupid unless you know. The Musketeer um, and the Amour. And Amour, yeah, the Amour. Producing the artist's surrealist style, the painting portrays Cupid as an ambiguous figure recognizable only due to the arrow in his hand and the abstract forms that suggest wings. Like I said, it's Pablo Picasso's work was a little, I mean, obviously was very different than most um, amazing artists. But the only reason you know that is like from these very small details on it as well. So throughout the centuries, the theme of Cupid still remains full of love and ready to addict someone. And I find it so beautiful that um, throughout this period of time, not only did Cupid stay as a story and a character and evolved, it went through the eras of art. And depending on what era of art you were is depending on how it was drawn. It wasn't just like, oh, we're only going to draw Cupid like this. It changed with the times. And going up all the way into the Victorian era, it started getting more caricature, more cartoony. Into the 1950s, it starts getting um, very more uh, kid-friendly Cupid, when Cupid is actually a god that controls something very powerful, whether you are going to fall in love with somebody or whether you're going to find them so disgusting. And, and Cupid is a god. He's not this cute child in a diaper wearing wings and, and what is portrayed for, you know, multiple times. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's weird that we go from this kind of art form, they make him a child, they kind of bring him into an adult again, make him a kid, and then by the 1950s and on and present day, the only people know who Cupid is is this baby with curly hair, wings, 
a toga or a sash and or a diaper on and then like love arrows you know it's it's very very g-rated it's it's so weird to me yeah definitely i feel like that's such a a powerful uh god in in history and mythological terms that i mean granted it should be some not i'm not saying like a dude with like a 42nd pack you know what i mean um what a 42nd pack you know like super tons of abs on abs on abs and giant and like muscular nothing like that um but how do you know he's even human you know what i mean he's born from aphrodite and he uh, there's so many stories with cupid that it's like it's not a he's not this baby form you know yeah i don't know i just like i like the uh roman version before painters started painting him as a, as a child and that brings us to the present day valentine's day in present times has become a huge craze especially amongst the youth in countries all around the world those in love start planning for valentine's day celebrations with sweetheart days before the festival while those without a lover start looking for a date so they are able to celebrate the day in a much romanticized manner Hype for the festival is further built up by the media and the rigorous advertising campaign run by the cards and gift marketers. Which is what you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yep. The only reason why it's as big as it is is because of ad campaigns. And the only reason it was like that is because the writers in the Middle Ages made it romantic. It's a psyop. It's a psyop. Made it about love. And the only reason all of this is still going is because the Victorian era really pushed about the mass marketing about the carts. Like, hey, we, we don't have the vinegar Valentines anymore. Bring the vinegar Valentines back. Bring them back. It's just going to be casually while you're saying that you just hear me in the background. <laughs> so <laughs> if you didn't hear me the first time, guys, just go back and listen again. <laughs> What'd you say? I was just saying, Valentine's Day is a psyop by Big Candy. Oh, yeah, 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 by Big Candy. Yeah, it, it really is a capitalistic holiday. Yep. That's all it is. How much money can they make? Yep, 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 yep. Now, people take the opportunity for the day to wish Happy Valentine's Day to anyone they love, be it, fir- be it father, mother, teachers, siblings, friends, co-workers, or just anyone special to them. The idea behind this trip tradition is to celebrate love get love and give love to everyone around us and that's how i feel it should be i feel like it shouldn't be necessarily love to a romantic partner love to your significant other love to someone you have a crush on nothing like that i feel like it needs to be more a a day instead of making it all about like what about getting yeah, what am I getting your money, 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 money? Or not, not money, but I mean, like, spending the money like crazy, just like how you do it, like, winter holidays. I think it needs to be more about the love for everyone else. Loving right. yourself and loving everyone else rather than worrying about receiving love. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I would much rather love and and produce the love than be so worried about oh my god who's going to love me yeah i understand yourself 
If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> amen. You didn't do it. So. Oh, sorry. In the great, great words of RuPaul. Of RuPaul? Of RuPaul. <laughs> Today, according to the Greeting Card Association, an estimated 145 million Valentine's Day cards are sent each year making Valentine's Day the second largest card-sending holiday of the year, which is only shown up by Christmas. Also insane. How much money are they making? Oh, Big Christmas. Don't get me started on Big Christmas. No, no, no. We're, I meant, I meant Valentine's Day. We're still on Big Candy. <laughs> I, meant, I meant Valentine's Day. There's 145 million cards getting sent out each year for Valentine's Day. That's People like it's, it's a lot of cards. And so, think about the Victorian era. A Victorian era that was fifty dollars a card, so it's yeah, still like at a wrapper rate. Can get, you and can now get you don't card. have insulting cards, though. You have like no vinegar cards, so well, they're all you about. Just, you just have to order them online. They're not provided by the. Well, yeah, but that's the Hallmark's not out here being like your dick's small. LOL. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And. Like I said, like Hallmark making so much money, all of the stores making so much money, and cards could be ninety-eight cents. Cards can be all the way up to fifty dollars. You can get giant cards, you can get small cards. It's crazy. It's so crazy. There exists a strong tradition of indulging one's beloved with gifts of love. Some of the most popular gifts exchanged between lovers on Valentine's Day are fresh flowers, mainly roses, chocolates and teddy bears. Fine jewelry is increasingly becoming a popular St. Valentine's Day gift for women due to the rigorous marketing campaign by Big Diamond. Once again, guys, <laughs> we've got another industry pumping you full of dumb shit, getting you to do their bidding like the dumb piggies and puppets <laughs> you are. <laughs> and it's all because of Big Diamond. The only reason the only reason we think a stupid rock is the best thing on the world is marketing. So, jewelry, the whole jewelry market, Big the diamond. whole stuffed animals market, especially nowadays with squishmallows. Squishmallows and big diamond are <laughs> They're ruining it. So, jewelry, stuffed animals, the candies, and floral are just in the carts. That's five main huge industries that not only just cater to Valentine's Day. Right. That's crazy. What a place to be in. It's crazy. I'm going to start selling Conway's vinegar cards each year. I think that's <laughs> going to be my new thing next year. I think I'm going to come out with like a handful of vinegar cards. Right. That that's you guys can buy from me. I really think I'm going to do that because that sounds really fun to do. Create some old style Victorian vinegar cards. <laughs> That'd be great. Candies. Showpieces besides several other things are also gifted to dear ones. The other most traditional way to celebrate Valentine's Day is to go for romantic candlelit dinners with one's Valentine. Many are choosing to propose on these dates in such a romantic setting and say the golden words, I love you. I would rather sit alone in a bathroom crying with a mouthful of chocolate than have someone propose to me on Valentine's Day. Hell it's no. such a popular day people do it, too. That and Christmas, man. Yep. Nope, you just gotta do what I did. A random day at nighttime in a camper. 
Well, technically that's how you propose, but how I asked if he wanted to get married, it was literally a random day in February and we were in a tractor supply parking lot and I looked at him and I said, we should get married. And you <laughs> said, okay. And I said, so, I'm being for real. And you yeah. said, I'm for real too. And then I said, okay, why yeah, don't we get married on 420? And you yeah. said, that'd be really funny. Let's do it. And we'll never forget the anniversary. And I said, okay, I'm not joking. And you said, I'm not joking either. <laughs> and then I said, we're really getting married, aren't we? And you said, yes. And that's how we decided to get married in a tractor so supply park. Technically lot. speaking, Conway proposed to me. Yes. <laughs> in a technical sense. And then yeah, I got properly proposed. Yep. The one one knee while I had um Q tips in my in ears. In your ears, looking like Shrek. Looking like Shrek. He was on one knee, like, Will you marry me? And I was like, ah, Yeah. Because that's just it. Uh, it was the a thing, blubbering mess. We so the the thing with it is we decided like, hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna get married. So we had already decided we were gonna do it anyway. We already decided our date and stuff, and I still yeah. wasn't proposed to. Yeah, and we did and like we didn't really propose. And one thing she told me, she's like, I don't want it, I want to be completely surprised. Like I, I want it to be completely unexpected. And I just want it to hit me so that way, you know, I can have my moment. And I was like, okay. So we I can both like, have our moment, not me yeah, have my that, moment. Yeah, that too. So we could both have our moment. And the other thing is she didn't want it in public. She I didn't, didn't want, want it in pictures. Didn't I want didn't pictures. want pictures. I didn't want anything. I just wanted it to she be She wanted us. it to be just us. And I remember it's funny because, like, we'd been working on our camper the whole day. And, before we went on our trip. Yeah, before we went on the road trip. And we just sat there and, you know, we were we, we got done with some things. And we were sleeping. We were about to go to bed, and it was just like, well, I just got done taking a time. shit. I just took a big poop, <laughs> and then I was cleaning my ears. <laughs> and you know, it was a completely unexpected and random time, and it was perfect. Yeah, it was great. And then you were like, "My knees really hurting. Could you please stop crying oh, yeah. so I yeah. can get up?" Because <laughs> I was I taking so long. Because, I was crying. Yeah, because like I just did it. I didn't say anything. I literally just got down on one knee with the ring out, and because she hadn't seen the ring or anything, and I got down on one knee and just sat there and opened the box, and then she just sat there and like sob cried, but like quiet cry like a child does, <laughs> with her mouth open while I was trying to you know <laughs> say the magic words, "Will you marry me? Will you be my wife?" Blah blah blah, all the stuff you say. And I couldn't get a word out because she was, she was just, <laughs> it, was a, it was a blubbering mess. Cause it was so out of nowhere too. Cause like I said, we were just literally, I just took a poop. It's cleaning my ears. He's ready to go to bed. And I turn around and he's like, and then he was just like, my knees hurt. Can you please can, can say you let yes? Me my thing. No, that's Sorry. what I said. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. said. Will you let me say my thing now? And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> and I was like, you gotta wait till I say it. Okay. Yeah. That's yep. great. That was that was funny. Anyways, back to Valentine's Day. So yeah, I would rather much rather that happen than somebody propose to me on Valentine's Day in a fancy dinner area. Yep. Oh god. With everyone staring at you and then going, Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone like awkwardly clapping. Yeah, no thank you. And then all the other girlfriends are like 
Why don't you do that to me? Yeah, literally. No, thank you. The other most emerging tradition is to participate in Valentine's Day balls and dress parties organized by various societies, clubs, dress parties? and restaurants. Yes, dress parties. Dance parties? I like dress parties better. It sounds <laughs> Dress parties would be fun. I think a ball would be so fun. Many people also organize Valentine's Day couples parties in their homes where lovers have a blast in the company of friends. Which I think is way better to do. I think it's so much more fun. Valentine's like said, Day mixer. Yeah, I think it's so much more fun to, like I said, I, I said this earlier, I don't like just love focus on one person. I think it's so much more fun when you get like other people who are in love or people that just started dating or people who are single and you're just like having a game night, having fun, like let's see what level of together. Love you're at. <laughs> not, no, not that, but I just think it's more fun because then it's like it takes the pressure off of everybody, you know? It's more casual. It's not so like, so what did you get her? You know? Yeah. Especially, I think it, it as a male society too, there's a lot of pressure on it. Like, females have such a pressure on it. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, like I said, the men are always, it goes back to the Victorian era. The men are just trying to one up all the time. Yep. Those without a partner organize Valentine's Day singles parties. And have a good time dancing and playing games with other friends who are single. While most people go out of their way to celebrate the day of love and romance, there are many that are very much against the festival. Some feel there is no reason to celebrate love on one particular day as love is to be cherished on all the days of the year. People are also very much against the excessive commercialization of the festival. And so the celebration of Valentine's Day goes on in varied ways. Many will break the bank buying jewelry and flowers for their beloved. Some will celebrate in a sad Singles Awareness Day way. Boop, boop. <laughs> Dining alone and binging on self-gifted chocolates. Which... Me! Me as fuck! <laughs> we don't usually give stuff like that on Valentine's Day. Our favorite day is actually February 15th, which is when all the Valentine's shit goes on like half price. Hell yeah, you bet your sweet bippy. Just go and buy a bunch of candy for half price. Bet your sweet bippy. Actually, we're going to go to Target and do it this year probably. Hell yeah, we are. Hell yeah, we are. Target has some good fucking some good candies. Yep. While others will fill a way... Wait, well... (laughs) The F was by the will. I get it. While others will find a way to make peace with singlehood in a society that wants everyone to partner up, whether celebrating with a partner or feeling alone forever. And there's one thing Conway and I agree on. Who fucking cares? Yeah. Uh, Who gives a flying fuck? If you celebrate the holiday, if you don't, if you're in love, if you're not, if you're feeling perpetually alone or you're feeling madly in love, who gives a flying fuck? The days go on, life keeps going, we are on a fucking Earth planet, which is a rock that floats through space in an infinite of galaxies. You are a small pebble of life. Who gives a fuck? And if... first thing, Valentine's Day was two days ago, so who cares? Yeah, by the time you're listening to this, who gives a fuck? Um, but really, like, do not care one single lick if Chad Brad III does not fucking paying attention to you. Voice Chad gives, Brad. That if, damn Chad Brad. If Chad Brad III wants to go give a bouquet of roses 
and a shitty teddy bear and a last minute thing of hearts to Ashley, you let him go do that. And you say, fuck you, Chad Brother Third. I'm going to buy myself flowers, like Miley Cyrus says. And buy myself flowers. Hell yeah. It's, it's a theme. It's a theme now, you know? But we hope you guys enjoyed this installment of this episode. I really wanted to talk about Valentine's Day. I hope you guys um, are anti-Valentine's Day or where you're for Valentine's Day and you're sucker for love. Awesome. That's great. Um, but remember, you can buy yourself flowers. What we really need to talk about is Big Diamond. Okay? <laughs> Going Big back Diamond, to Big Candy, and Big Greeting Card have commercialized <laughs> a once once cherished holiday about being in love to buy my shit, do my bidding, you puppets. But I, I wanted to talk about it because I feel like a lot of us don't learn that in school. I didn't know half of this stuff when I was reading. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like the art progressing, um, learning that it actually came only was in love because of middle, middle ages. And everyone was basically dying all the time, middle ages. So people were confessing their love left and right and learning that vinegar cards um, were extremely popular and now they don't have them anymore in a sense of like you're able to buy on the shelf with I love you the most dearest card you know what I mean like I just there's nothing like seeing men or just basically humans in a store rushing to buy Valentine's gifts where it's same generic stuff all the time that's oh yeah I, by these I big honestly, big companies I honestly wonder if there's a figure out there because like they have to know you know every item sold right so there's a good chance that oh it's a billion dollar corporation easily yeah there's a good chance that some of you listening will have the same gifts yeah when you think about it so it's better to get something unique and or handmade or just even just like I said write a poem be Shakespearean in a way. Do, do, do a Ron vinegar card. Did. Do what Ron Swanson did. Cut down a tree, make a canoe, you know, show a real gift. <laughs> I love that. But um, if you listened all the way through, I have this week's secret passcodes. If you are for Valentine's Day, please leave us a red heart emoji. If you are against Valentine's Day, leave us a black heart yeah. emoji. Black arts. So yeah, if you want to leave us um in the comments below, wherever you're listening, or send it to us on our Instagram pages or on Twitter, or just message us. Feel free to let us know if you're for or against um Valentine's Day. And I would love to know why. If you're against it, please feel free to share. If you want to say fuck Chad Brad the third with a black heart, go for it. If you want to be like, I love love with a red heart, go for it. Let us know why you hate or love this holiday. The world um, is your oyster. The world is your fucking oyster. But I think that's enough. I just wanted to uh, put some knowledge in y'all's brains, and I hope you do learn something. And you may not know it now, but you'll listen to it, and then like a year from now, you it'll be like trivia night somewhere, and you'll be like, I actually know that answer because it was on the Ramblin' Podcast, and they were talking about Valentine's Day. <laughs> and it was actually called Vinegar Cards, Vinegar Valentines in the Victorian era. See, I'm gonna get you get you guys some points. A lot but, of these in this episode. Yeah, for real. Um but uh Stony, where can they where can the lovers and haters find you? You can find me everywhere at Stony Robbins underscore. Hell yeah, hell yeah. What about you, Conway? Well, the lovers and haters can find me at conwaytitty.com. That is Conway T I T T Y dot com. So you can find all of my socials. You can find some of the Ramblin' Podcast socials. 
Um, basically, find my Twitch too if you guys want to come hang out on stream. Um, watch, me and watch the Twitch. It's gonna be sick with all the Harry Potter stuff. Uh, me and Stony really have a good time streaming tons of games and get silly on that. If you just can't get enough of us, come hang out that, and we'll do that more. But yeah, a lot of my socials, conwaytitty.com. Um, but I think that's it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed another installment of the Ramblin' Podcast. I'm your host, Conway Titty. I am Saint Dumbass of Ass. I'm Saint Vinegar Tits. <laughs> and that was our episode. I need that like exit music. You know, like exiting off a stage with my top hat and cane. Okay, bye. That's not relevant at all, but goodbye, everybody. Bye.